Welcome to the King's Island Central Podcast. KICentral.com is King's Island's ultimate fan site. Now, here's your host, Robbie Zerhusen. Welcome to the King's Island Central Podcast, episode number 11, 2020 Year in Review, part two. Joining me is Brad, Indie Guy 4KI, and Tom Pavlik, screen name on KIC, TJ Pavlik. If you haven't listened to episode 10, please do so now to catch up on what we discussed in that episode. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So Area 72 is now the old X base. And the overall look and theming of that area, uh, I think the park did an excellent job of transforming that whole area into area 72 i mean as soon as you walk in the area you already have theming with a car next to zephyr as you even get in there and the more you get in there the more you're kind of taken into that whole experience back there tom you got any thoughts the the park did a wonderful job and um you know for the major pieces of theming uh daniel's woodland the same people that did the shed uh for mystic timbers uh, they were the one that came up with with yet another talking car. I loved it um, and did a really good job with that. They did the theming in the two uh, or in the pre-show area. Um, a lot of the rest of the stuff was actually done by the park. Um, and um, the gentleman that uh, that did it just did a fantastic job. And the budget that he was given to work with was was. Um, um, hardly adequate so he really went over and above finding things for uh the new area 72 repurposing things that um uh, maybe maybe really didn't fit the theme but he made them uh, a couple examples the the large cylinders in the queue um believe it or not those came from the international fountain when they redid the fountains a couple years ago um, right that one doesn't throw anything away. So they just shot them with a little paint, put some Easter eggs on them and voila, there you go. Um, <laughs> the uh, meteors in the, in the lower queue and um, the old Firehawk area, um, uh, believe it or not, those came from Whitewater Canyon. Um, oh, wow. Um, you know, those were just extra boulders from Whitewater Canyon. And, you know, I, I'm amazed and... <laughs> I mean, the park actually used old asphalt as, as, as theming uh, for where the meteors landed, which which I think was <laughs> I'm pretty sure that came out of the employee parking lot. Um, but uh, just different things, repurposing things, uh, the satellite dishes. I, I remember seeing that come across Facebook. Hey, if anybody's got any extra satellite dishes, I think, why the hell does he want satellite dishes? Well, that's what ended up on the uh antennas and stuff like that so uh, king's island did a, a spectacular job and cedar fair i mean cedar fair was was the one who themed it um but given the limited budget i i i was overwhelmed uh when i walked in there the first time uh on training day uh and it hadn't even been completed yet so it was really neat and i think the biggest thing is they kind of tied off of the flight of fear theming and kind of made it its own very unique themed area yeah and I, I i'd love to see them expand uh obviously there's plenty of room to expand down the hill and and some other places um but you know once you get into that space theme boy you could 
you could do all kinds of interesting rides back there. Not, not just coasters, but, you know, flat rides or, you know, I'd, I'd love to see something, uh, a couple flat rides and maybe even, uh, maybe a pathway down the backside of, uh, Orion, uh, maybe connecting underneath Banshee and, uh, connecting it to, uh, action zone. I don't see it happening real soon, but it could happen. It, we definitely would be nice to have a couple smaller flats back there. So that way the family members who don't want to ride Orion or fly to fear can have something to do with the little kids that, you know, they're dragging the kids around because big kids want to go ride the big stuff and they would have something to do back there. That would be nice uh, as a future expansion back in that area. Yeah. There, there's a, a lot of room, even directly underneath the lift. I, um, I'm not sure how much you remember from Dinosaurs Alive, but um, the big concrete pad that was uh, part of the dinosaur dig is actually right underneath uh, the lift of Orion. Um, and that just gives you an idea of how much room is back there. Now, are they going to build something directly under Orion? I don't know, but uh, the room is certainly there. And then, of course, once you go down a little farther, uh, you have the rest of the Dinosaurs Alive and then moving farther south, you have, um, you know, the, the area where the old corn stalkers was. Um, and that area is, is uh, wide open as well. Um, I will tell you, I've walked it several times. It's not flat, uh, nowhere, <laughs> but um, uh, it does allow a lot of room for expansion should they choose to go that way. So one of the new additions in the Area 72 was a new food stand and a couple of family restrooms, which I know many park guests are thrilled to have restrooms back by Flight of Fear. Uh, if I have one, one, one small criticism, I'm, I'm not quite sure why we went with the family bathroom. If, if you're going to run plumbing and, and put a bathroom in, I would have thought a full-size bathroom. Uh, um, would have been better, but um, it, it, it works. Um, uh, I don't know if you had any experience, but it always seemed like there the line, the bathroom was longer than the, the, the um, line to uh, the uh, food stand. Although I, I will say the bratwurst was fantastic. I tried it a couple of times as a guest and uh, uh, the food, well, the food in general at the park this year was incredible um greatly improved uh, all across the board chef major above and beyond um and if you got a chance to sample any of the food uh during halloween um you really got a treat yeah i personally because i worked on some of the buildings i do know that the restrooms on that food building were a late addition <laughs> to the design so we're fortunate that they added them at all yeah and 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 honestly with with the footprint they had that's probably the best they could do uh there was no way to put food and and a full-size bathroom so maybe we got the best of both worlds there um <laughs> i i knew that there is there is an employee bathroom in in one of the shops kind of behind the scenes area i i just gave up even looking at the at the um at the uh, the uh, family bathrooms when when I I needed I just headed up to the backstage areas. <clears throat> well, before we go on to Orion, um, 
the theming also went over to Flight of Fear. Um, they themed that building pretty well too, and the old photo booth area has a lot of theming in it as well. So uh, it wasn't just Orion that got themed. It was the whole area and both rides back there. And if you didn't ever look, uh, as you're getting off of Flight of Fear, you might want to take a look over there next season to see all the cool uh, stuff that's over there. Yeah, the, the Easter eggs over there are, um, how shall we say, thick. There are a lot of little Easter eggs and references to different rides, past rides. Um, also, there, there's the ingenuity of, of Cedar Fair theming. Um, if you look in there, there's some technical things. Um, it was pointed out to me that, uh, you know, something that looks like some sort of hydraulic pump is actually the inside of a Coke freestyle machine that didn't work anymore, you know, and they repurposed it and, and, you know, made it look space age. Um, and you know, that kind of talent, you, you, you just, you can't, you can't buy that. You, you have to be born with it. Um, but Cedar fair and Kings Island did an awesome job of, of theming that. I, I feel bad. I think I only rode flight of fear once this season, which is, kind of sad uh and i didn't get the picture and i was disappointed because apparently the camera system was actually from vortex so um it lives on king's island throws <laughs> nothing away, nothing away. So. well before we move on from that uh and you mentioned easter eggs there is right now a contest on ki central because there is a easter egg referencing king's island central somewhere in area 72 so the first person who can identify that easter egg and what the easter egg is referencing free kic t-shirt for them so make sure you uh head over to kicentral.com look in the king's island forums and if you know that easter egg you could be the winner of a kic t-shirt plus it's fun just to uh, go there and see what people have found in those Easter eggs. So if you know Easter egg, go post that too. So we can talk about it. Give us something to do over the off season. There you go. So you just gave me a, I have to get this podcast edited so I can get it live. So before somebody finds that Easter egg. That's right. <laughs> or you can go there and it, it someone's already found it. <laughs> you missed out on the t-shirt maybe. So moving on, there were several other minor updates that the park did for this season, including painting the Dodgems building and adding a new sign. What were your thoughts on the Dodgem sign and the new paint jobs in Cooney Mall? I thought it was neat. You know, it brought back, uh, you know, a lot of that, like most everybody that's, that's associated with Kings Island Central. I've been coming to the park for a long, long time. And you know, to, to walk down Coney Mall and see the Dodgem building repainted and, and lit up with it with a new sign. You know, it, it, it's kind of like, OK, that that's I'm, I'm back home. You know, it gives you, uh, you know, shows you that they're, they're giving it some love. Um, I, I really, really like to see, you know, the Coney Mall area spruced up. And I, th I think, you know, small improvements like that will kind of be the norm for the next couple of years. Um, um, 
I don't see it, see a major new coaster coming our way for a couple of years. So, you know, signs like that, um, you know, keep things Dad, fresh. No, never mind. Well, how about we jump back to Area 72 real quick okay. and let's talk about review of Orion's ride experience. Obviously, we're going up 287 feet, dropping 300. I have those numbers correct, don't I, Tom? You do. Okay. <clears throat> and can't tell you how long the feet is, but you're doing 90, mile, 90, 91 miles per hour. Did you guys ever put a clock on it to see exactly how fast it was going down? We do. As a matter of fact, um, it shows up on the drive panel. Uh, every cycle is timed because it it compares uh, its ride time, and it does ride time from uh, the top of the lift to hitting the the what we call the block break, what people think are the final breaks, the the break that is way up in the air. And a typical uh, Orion is is five thousand three hundred twenty one feet long. Uh, is it is 39 feet longer than Diamondback, just 39 feet. Um, but to give you an idea, it's 20 seconds faster from the top of the lift to hitting brakes. Wow. So typical ride time on uh, Orion would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 seconds or so from the top of the lift to hitting the brakes, whereas Diamondback is closer to 70. Um, so it, it's timed every, every, um, every uh cycle uh and the only thing that controls that uh is on actually both on diamondback and on uh orion is is the trim break um um and that that would control you know if it, it knows how fast it's going if it's going too fast you know or faster than normal it gives it a little more trim break if it's not going uh a real cold morning if it's not going fast enough that trim break may not fire at all um, and it, it's all computer controlled. It's, um, and what a lot of people don't know is, is you see these ride operators running back and forth and we're checking restraints and we're doing that. We're all, all we're doing is satisfying the computer that's under your feet in the queue. Um, uh, on the rare occasion when, when, um, a seat doesn't lock, it's, it's not a ride operator saying, you know, the seat's not locking. It's the computer not reading that the seat is not locking. Um, mm -hmm. we try hard to get everybody in, but just sometimes it, you know, this, the seat just can't accommodate everybody. Um, but we, we certainly do our best, but it's, it, please know that it's not the ride operator at all. We, we very much want you to ride. Um, um, so, um, but it's all the computer, um, doing that. And the computer, once again, underneath your feet there, uh, the drive panel is is the uh, operator input to it and it's actually a very simplistic computer it's either yes or no um and if it's no um, it either will not let you send the ride or if it develops a fault someplace in the system it's automatic to just stop its trains where it can safely um and you may or may not know but on orion the only places it can stop is the station on the left in the block break in the main break or in the waiting break or trans waiting transfer break those are the only places where it can stop and when it does detect a fault that's where it's going to stop you so. yeah and to my knowledge we did not have any gaskets stuck on the lift this year 
So. <laughs> so that first drop is pretty amazing on Orion. It just seems like you're going forever. And I don't know if everyone is listening has ever ridden it at night, but taking a night ride on it, you have no idea when you're at the bottom of that drop. It just seems like it goes forever. I don't know if anyone else experienced that or not, but it just seems like that drop is forever because you can't see the bottom. It was so dark back there. And I think I wrote it before that all the lights were on and with the lights on, but it still just feels like that drop's going to never end. Yes. The, the lighting package actually doesn't pick up till the wave turns. So the, the whole bottom of the drop is, is, is pretty, uh, pretty dark. Um, uh, another uh, more nerd facts. Uh, Diamondback is 74 degrees uh, angle of descent. Uh, Orion is 85. So it's just five degrees from uh, uh, vertical drop. So it is much steeper. Um, but you're right. It does seem like it just lasts forever. And then when it does hit the bottom, um, there's some pretty delicious G-forces there. Um, and, you know, and then you go up into the wave turn and there's some eh, a little bit of lateral, a little bit of a little pop of airtime. And, and uh, it, it's a great paced ride. Uh, they did a yeah, walk. I agree with that. The thing I noticed is if you haven't ridden it yet, for the people who are listening, don't ride it once, get off of it and diagnose the ride on how good it is. I would say you need to ride it a minimum of five times in different seats before you can make a good evaluation of how good the ride is, because there's just so much packed into it that it takes several rides for you to comprehend and feel those forces between each transition on the ride to really appreciate everything that it gives. I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. A lot of people wrote it once and said, oh, it was awful. Well, write it again. See, see, see what you like, see what you don't like. Um, for a while there, you know, I was reading, uh, you know, mainly it was the Facebook stuff and mainly GP. Um, but, oh, you got to ride it in the front. To me, if given a choice, I'm back there in row eight. Uh, I, I, I totally agree. I prefer the back. Uh, I, I'm a backseat rider anyways, but uh, I've ridden it in the front and, and it's, it's good. It's, it's a good ride, but I think it's better in the back. That's just my, my personal opinion. Um, yeah. Row six seems to be uh, pretty magical as well. Um, row six has, has a nice mix of uh, forces and you're sitting there on the end. It's, it's, but yeah, don't, don't draw any conclusions off one ride ride multiple times if you can and me trying to analyze the ride and to be able to publish a little bit of that on kic at the beginning it's like uh it took me five good rides on it to go okay now i understand the pacing i understand some of the forces i'm getting at the helix and and the rest of it and transitions in between it's like, okay, now I'm going to, yes, I, I felt some G-forces there. I didn't feel that last time. Now I'll, I'll go to look for it here. And then the next time you go, oh, yeah, that that came out really good. Then you, you oh, there's some G-forces over here, some laterals here. And I tell you, the first time I got off, I'm going, okay, that was that was good. Uh, but then after ride five, five, six, I'm going, okay, that that's, that's great. You know, that, that's a great ride. Yeah, if you analyze it element to element, it's it's 
I think it holds its own with 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 any other ride out there. My my personal favorite little moment, especially in row eight, is the little pop of ejector right before you hit the brakes. You know, you come yes. out, of the, out of the photo, you think you're done, and just yeah, you know, tosses you one one more time, just just for good measure. Um, I, I really enjoy that element uh, to it, just because you think you're done and nope, you're not. So and that helix really surprises you. You wouldn't think it was it's as forceful, and it doesn't feel it, but a lot of people have been experiencing a little bit of gray out there. Uh, I, I start to get a little bit of gray out, but it's not uncomfortable gray out, if that makes sense. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's different. And it's the, the helix on, on uh, Orion is much, much different than the, the two on Diamondback. Um, there's more of a, what I think is a constant radius uh, for on Diamondback. Whereas, um, on Orion, it's it's a little more lengthened out, and I think they did that more for artistic reasons. I I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I, I I I'm putting on my guessing hat, but uh, there there's an artistic element to that helix as well, and you got to kind of look at it from the exit to really appreciate it. So I'll leave it leave it at that. So. <laughs> so how would you compare? I don't know if you've been on this ride. How would you compare it to Fury three twenty five? Or love Vigathon at Canada's Wonderland. I have ridden both, um, uh, and actually the 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 first of all, all three of them that I rode was Leviathan at, at Canada's Wonderland. Uh, that was my first B and M. Leviathan. Um, <laughs> that was that was my my first B and M giga, and uh, the, the first B and M giga for that matter. And I had thought ah, it's just going to be uh, a bigger Diamondback, and it's certainly is not and i think leviathan has uh similar similar forces uh on orion i i like the pacing on orion a little better it seems like it's a little more uh well thought out fury 325 is fury 325 um i think budgetary concerns were uh different down in carowinds than they were at king's island uh, I think it's a better ride simply because uh, it's longer and it's allowed to keep its speed much longer simply because it just has the, the excess length to deal with it. Um, but uh, because I work Orion, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Orion as my top choice. <laughs> <laughs> I have not ridden Leviathan, but um, I have been on Fury 325, and I do prefer Fury 325 over Orion, but I would say Orion's a, a really close second. Uh, but I feel like the forces of the transitions are a little bit stronger on 325, mainly because it's probably going a little bit faster um, than Orion. Um, but uh, I still think Orion's a, a really great ride. Yeah, I, I'm not going to count Orion out yet because the, the one thing we have not done yet is filled it up with people. Um, That's true. You know, we we haven't run it on a hot day with 32 people, and I I think it's going to feel different. Um, it's it's adequate with with what we're doing. It, it's it's a good ride, but I have a feeling that additional weight uh, 
and will make a difference. I, but so I'm going to, I'm going to withhold judgment until I get 32 people on there or, or <laughs> my best friends. And we'll, we'll let you know how it is. So. Well, is there anything else we need to talk about the ride experience? I think we covered it pretty yeah. well. No, it's, it's a great ride for, for, you know, Kings Islands giga it, it, while not every enthusiast is, is going to be pleased for the Kings Island crowd, I think it was absolutely the best roller coaster we could have hoped for. Uh, it's going to have high capacity. Uh, it's going to have higher capacity when COVID's gone. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's thrilling. It's exciting, but not overly long, not overly um, uh, intense. Uh, to give you any give you an example obviously i've worked rides um for a while and the more intense they are unfortunately the more vomit you get uh (laughs) of three cases of vomit on orion this year total um which is uh better than than diamondback and and certainly better than banshee so people weren't getting sick on it maybe because the lines were long and they couldn't ride it repeatedly i don't know um, but, um, you know, based on, on the vomit scale, it's very, very low, which for working a ride is very important. Um, also <laughs> those that, that want to ride it repeatedly, um, it won't work all day, but, uh, we had opened that ride as, as soon as maintenance gave it to us, we ran, ran our checks as quickly as we could safely. Um, but we would typically open it at 10 30 ish. So when the gates open, people would run back to us. And if you wanted to ride multiple times in a short span of time, that is when you wanted to get there. Cause we had, we had people ride it three or four times, you know, from 10 30 to 11 and then they were done for the day. I wouldn't see them again, um, mm-hmm. but they got their ride. So a uh, little hint, if you, if you're not blessed with fast lane plus all season or fast lane plus for the day, uh, show up early, get your rides done and uh, you can get uh couple quick ones in the morning right well let's head on to the other things uh we kind of uh touched on uh the dodgems building and the new sign there the games buildings got new fresh paint and uh the buildings in the middle of coney mall uh gobbler toss i think it i don't know i don't ever pay much attention to the games too much uh, <laughs> um but those games buildings uh, also got paint. Uh, the new chrome cars and decals on the scrambler made that made it look sharp. It went well with the LED lights that they put in last year or the year before. Um, yeah, but tonight it was it was pretty neat. I was when I first saw that I was like, boy, that's going to look good at Winterfest, and well, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. But uh, Boy, that would have been certainly an eye catcher during Winterfest. Right, that would have been awesome. Yeah. I think the what's overall, your reaction? Oh, sorry, Robbie. I was just gonna say, I think the overall look of Coney Mall is a lot better now, especially when you throw in the King's Mills antique autos. The whole thing has been really rejuvenated and gotten a shot in the arm because it was kind of feeling a little dated. Yeah. yeah the, the- the paint definitely helped, and Kings Mills Antique Auto is at the end. I, <clears throat> Coney's probably looked better than it has since I've been a kid. 
What was your reaction to the color change on Viking Fury? That was another ride that got some paint this year, and it went from the darker brown to uh, a light brown, or you might even say beige. Beige-ish. Yeah, beige-ish. <laughs> it, refreshed, it refreshed it a lot. And also, I think they did some work on the deck as well, um, which um, needed, to, needed to happen. So, you know, refreshing an old flat is always always a good thing. The, the one nice thing about, about uh, Viking Fury as a flat, I mean, it just eats people. I mean, you're there on a busy day. Hey, I want to ride something. Viking Fury, you're not going to wait too long and and you know you're going to get a good ride um so it gets my stomach oh yeah yeah just once or twice you know I, I i can't can't marathon it but um um or at least i can't marathon it anymore but uh in, in the good old day you know tastes great less filling i was part of that so did you hear any customers uh thoughts on the color change because i gotta say going from the dark brown to uh, the beige-ish color was kind of a shock to see it like that. It was definitely different. Not that it's a bad different. It just, you know, a, a major change for the look of the ride. Uh, I didn't hear anything directly, but I did overhear a guess. Say, is that a new ride? No, no, that's that, that's always been there. So, so it obviously, uh, you know, caught somebody's attention. Um, you know, and maybe that was the new paint. I, I, I hope so. Um, so. But uh, no, it's not not a new ride. Viking Fury's been there for for a long, long while, and probably will be there for a long, long while still. So, I'm sure. So you mentioned earlier, Tom, about the quality of the food, and one of the new things that they added was a chef's plate on International Street. Do you have a chance to partake in that? I, I unfortunately never got there because usually on a Saturday night I was working. Um, but everybody that I talked to, friends, uh, family that had it, said it was fantastic. And, and once again, Chef Major went above and beyond. Uh, you know, food this year was just a variety. I mean, if you wanted to go into the park and get a burger and fries, you can get a burger and fries. That's fine. But, you know, you could get so much more. And, you know, it started a couple of years ago with, with Coney Barbecue. Um, you know, Coney Barbecue is what I like about it. Yeah. You're always going to get pulled pork and, and uh, you know, try tip, but if you go in there, there's always a special, they have something going on all the time. Um, and probably a lot of um, guests don't know, but a lot of the uh, fresh herbs, they actually grow behind Coney barbecue behind the fenced area. He's got a little garden there and he grows his own herbs and wow. uses, uses those. Um, and, just does some fantastic things. So always, always check out the specials there. Um, you know, the food festivals, uh, the food festival that they did uh, with the tricks and treats where there was the, uh, well, at the Meteor Cafe, they had, you know, the mummy dog or the devil dog. Um, you know, you could get a, you know, a standard hot dog that was, that was, uh, I think it was wrapped in bacon, which, you know, anything wrapped in bacon is good. Um, or, or, or something with jalapenos and five alarm chili. Hey, I'd try that too. And I mean, that is totally unheard of in, in, in kind of the theme park. Maybe it's coming to, to the theme parks, but people don't go to go, go to Kings Island for gourmet food. And I think chef major is actually changing that. Um, you know, when I came as a guest, my kind of standard go-to is either Coney barbecue or, or the brew house. Um, 
you know, and always good stuff, uh, a wide variety, wide variety of stuff that was on the meal plan. Uh, you know, you weren't limited to a burger and fries or chicken fingers. Um, they did a really, really good job. And I, I look for better things, even bigger and better things next year. Um, because, uh, it's, it's starting to become a food destination. Um, the yeah, I, uh, definitely appreciate having the multitude of things on the meal plan from someone who has the meal plan. And I think meal plan is uh, very popular with season pass holders. And I'm sure that's, um, a big moneymaker for the park and having the wide variety of stuff, uh, getting back a little bit to the chef's plate. I got to experience it once, uh, the one Saturday I was there once it started and it was really good. I got in line for it. Uh, it started right at five and I got in line at four 30 and it was already past. Well, I got in line right then. I was right in front of Starbucks. So it was already backed up there. I wouldn't plan on getting in line yet, but I'm like, okay, there's a line forming already a half hour before I better go ahead and get in line since I'm up here. If I walk away and come back, I'm going to, and I know it was past, um, chili dog place um <clears throat> by the time that they actually did open up and they opened up a couple minutes early so it was already past skyline the one saturday i got it um and, and the food was excellent i i really enjoyed it the presentation was awesome not only did they you know uh have great food it looked really good it's almost like you're going to a fancy sit-down restaurant and got a fancy plate of food, except it was just in a carrier bowl. Uh, <clears throat> you could go sit down with it. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But you wouldn't know that you weren't at a fancy restaurant when you ate it because of how the pre pre how it was presented and how it tasted. Yeah, they. I I don't. If you go to the if you have a season pass and you go to the park more than three times, you can't not have the meal plan. The meal plan is is just it, it makes so much sense you don't have to leave the park and with the food coming along as good as it is i mean it's an absolute no-brainer also from from an orion uh operator perspective don't get the drink cup please just get the paper cup if you're going to get the drink plan get your drink drink it throw it away it's probably not the greatest for the environment but it'll save you getting a locker and, and me telling you a greeter that you have to go get a locker just for your drink cup, which, which never made a whole lot of sense. So, and if also, you don't have a stroller, who wants to carry the thing around anyway? Exactly. So, so my personal favorite is I had a couple of people say, well, we don't have to do this at Cedar point to which I just laughed at them because yes, you do at Cedar point. As a matter of fact, <laughs> they have more rides that are limited than us. So just, just get the paper cup option and, and I'll never look at you twice. So. So hot and winter fest were canceled for this season. And I'm assuming because there's really no safe way to do indoor activities like haunts, <laughs> keep people social distanced and, and all that. So it was definitely a, a safe safety thing. Um, but I'm sure that they weren't too happy about having to cancel those because uh, haunts a big time of year for the park. Yeah. Haunts a huge type, type time of year. And, you know, unfortunately in years past haunt was when the park would approach capacity. Um, 
and it was always kind of fun to be in the park when it was that busy and, and haunt holds it's, you know, with, with the roaming scare actors and, and the haunted houses, it's just a different environment and a fun, fun environment to be in, uh, to work it, to be as a guest, either way, uh, a lot of fun, um, tricks and treats sort of had it, but, but, but not really, um, you know, no scare actors and no haunted house. It was still good, but it was different. Um, I, but overall, I'm really, really missing Winterfest. Um, uh, yeah, I that, agree. That was, that was my big thing. I, um, I would, my Winterfest crew was, uh, for the last two years has been mystic. Um, so I still get to, you know, run the roller coaster. Uh, last year I got a snow ride on mystic, which was, uh, unbelievable, a lot of fun. I got it as a guest, <laughs> not, not as a crew member. Um, but yeah, th- there's just no way to, to uh, space people out and have the indoor shows, have the indoor events uh, that they do. Uh, trust me, if they if, if they could find a way to do it safely within the guidelines that the state of Ohio is doing it, they absolutely would do it. But um, and I know everybody, you know, they did put the tree up, uh, the Eiffel Tower tree. And I think that's just kind of a reminder. But uh, as I was walking out uh, November 1st, you know, the, the sun had set and all the, the lights, the LED lights were on on International Street. And I kind of walked down International Street and said, man, I'm going to miss Winterfest. And so the long winter begins. So, yeah, hopefully I'll be back for next year. Yeah, I, I'm I'm encouraged that. Uh, um, Carowinds and, and King's Dominion is 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 kind of trying it, uh, much like Tricks and Treats versus Haunt. They're not calling it Winterfest, so um, I think that's a, kind of a message that it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'm not quite sure how they're going to pull things off. Uh, I imagine shows will be more outside than they would be inside, um, but. Um, hopefully for, for Cedar Fair's sake, that it will be very successful and, and they'll do very well. And maybe more importantly, if this stuff sticks around, provide a blueprint of how to do it if we're still stuck with this next year. So I only went to Tricks or Treats one time and I didn't do too many of the stuff. My dad actually took my son and he got some Hershey chocolate bars, which <laughs> when it was 70 degrees out were not the best combination. <laughs> well, I took my kids a couple times to the tricks and treats, and I was very impressed uh, with how the park was able to transition from some sort of haunt. Obviously, we couldn't have that with the pandemic going on into a fall event that the kids can come, families could enjoy, and do it safely. Um, I just assumed over the September, October timeframe, they'd be open weekends, just regular rides going and nothing special going on. But I, I gotta say, I thought they did an excellent job of transforming the park to a a Halloween slash fall event and to bring the families back in. And they had great music going. There was definitely a lot of activities for the whole family to enjoy. What do you think, Tom? I, I would agree with all that. Yeah. You know, operating the rides, um, it was no different than, uh, any other, uh, weekend, 
the weather was good for most of the days. So um, back at Orion, we had had a pretty steady line the whole time. Um, but I did get a chance a couple times to come with come as a guest with my kids. And uh, what I was really impressed with, I, I mean, we knew that it was going to be different. And I have a 13 year old and she was, you know, not wanting to dress up or anything like that, but she did get some candy. Um, but what I was really impressed with were the games back in planet Snoopy where they had, um, uh, games set up. And uh, my personal favorite is play till you win. Uh, that way you don't have, um, you know, my 13 year old's gotten a little better over the years, but, uh, um, you know, parents put plunk down four or five dollars, and then all of a sudden they don't win, and uh, now you're dealing with tears. But the play to you win, right. the prizes were great. Um, uh, and the games associates were fantastic. I have a video someplace of um, when my daughter won, I, I think it was a test of strength with the hammer and the bell. And this ride or the game operator just went crazy shouting, We have a winner! And, and my daughter not that it's very hard to embarrass a 13 year old, but it was awesome to see her reaction. And you know, she won a little prize. And, you know, I think you know, I paid three or $4 for the, for the game. And most importantly, she had a great time. Uh, her friend had a great time. Um, and as parents, we had a great time just watching them play. So the games were, were the highlight for us back in planet Snoopy. Um, and they really didn't publicize them, but it was uh, fairly well attended back there. There were several games we had to wait for. So it was it was neat to see. I was going to say, my, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Robbie. I was going to say on my one visit during Tricks or Treats, Planet Snoopy was fairly busy and a lot going on in there. Yeah, they did, did, did a good job. You know, unfortunately, because haunts just weren't going to happen because of the social distance and um, just the way a haunted house would work. Um, you know, it was, it was a great, uh, alternative. It, it, it wasn't haunt, but it was like a really effective, uh, Sunday afternoon during haunt where the rides were good. The weather was good. Um, and it looked like people were really having a good time. I'm sure hoping that next year we'll get back to haunt, uh, cause, cause I miss it. Um, uh, but for the fill-in event this year, they Kings Island went well above and beyond and exceeded my expectations as a guest. Um, and like I said, as a ride operator, we didn't see a whole lot of different. It was just a normal Saturday or Sunday for us. Yeah, I agree. I mean, taking my family over, a family of five, because I got three kids, uh, they all really enjoyed it, had a great time. And I have to uh, agree with you on the uh, – I'm trying to say right operator too. the game associate uh, over there at the, at the games, we stopped at guest services and, and gave that girl uh, uh, some praise. And uh, I thank you. So if you are at the park, you have a great time. Someone's making your day great. Please stop at guest services and let them know. Um, the park wants to hear about that. And those associates I'm sure appreciate that. So Tom, whenever, someone gives a thank you or a shout out in guest services. How does that reflect back to the right operator or the employee? Second, I'll be, I'll be right back. Cause I keep them. <laughs> when you fill these out, they, they, they look something like this, mm -hmm. but they do get back to um, the right operator. And typically what happens is they present them 
uh, an area supervisor at least, um, sometimes a ride supervisor, it depends who they have available, but they are presented to the uh, ride operator and pretty much everybody gathers around and you get a, get a nice clap on the back. Um, and usually they're accompanied with this. And what this is, is a core card. And a, a core card is you did a really good job and you can select a prize um, in the uh, human resources. And they have things like Cyclones tickets and um, oh wow, tickets to... Uh, uh, you know, some of the higher level stuff. There's a, a one night stay at Great Wolf Lodge. Um, so there's nice. a lot that, that an associate can win. But most importantly, um, we didn't do the paper type this year, unfortunately, because of COVID and everything else associated with it. But we certainly heard back from uh, the upper management and it would definitely made its rounds. When we did have the paper copies in years past, we would paste them up in the various drive boxes. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, you'd open the door to the drive box and usually it was very hard for the guests to see that, but every associate that walked into the drive box were like inundated with all these things. And it was kind of, it's very motivating for associates uh, to get them because you want to get more and, your, your fellow associates, you know, clap you on the back. Hey, that was a great job. You know, yeah. how'd you get that? Um, and when I'm a guest, I try very hard to, you know, all employees are wearing a name tag, read their name tag. If they do go above and beyond, you know, write it down um, and make sure the guest services knows because uh, it really, really, really makes a big difference in, uh, in the management you know, looking at the associates, there's, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of hourly associates. And for the associates to get um, these individual guest awards, um, it, it's, it's really special. This year, they ran a different plan. Uh, they ran an what they called an over-the-top award. And I think they used um, guest uh, comments for that in addition to management comments and they went around the park and uh, I think there were 30 or 40 people that were 30 or 40 uh, hourly associates that won the over the top award, which was uh, there was a presentation by Mike Kuntz, uh, general manager of the park. You got a uh, piece of paper with the comments that they wrote down and a uh, special over the top button that you could wear on your collar. Uh, and I was very fortunate to be one of the 30 uh, that got it. Um, and then they took that group of 30 or 40 and narrowed it down to 15. I was not in that group of 15, but they gave them uh, $500 a piece. Wow. And a nice. trophy. And the top uh, award winner, who was uh, turned out to be uh, Derek, the supervisor at Orion, um, mainly just he got great comments and management, you know. I had to do is suggest something to him and it was just consider it done, just an outstanding employee, but won a thousand dollars. Yeah. So, and I was, nice. I was work with him and clapped him on the back, told him, you know, he got one of those giant fake checks that was sitting <laughs> over a couple of days at Orion. I kept telling him I was going to steal it, but uh, yeah, I can't tell you how much the, the guest comments mean to uh, associates. It's, it's very, very uh, touching and uh, it means means a lot to us. 
Yeah, so we I, uh, were posting those on KIC as uh, those were being put out on social media uh, by the park on the blog and and such. We'd reshare those on KIC because we like seeing the the associates get get a little bit of recognition because we know they're working their butts off. Yeah, it's it's you know it's not an easy job. You know the one of the things that that people may or may not know it's it's when you sign up for it, it's not like a regular job. You are considered a seasonal employee. And um, being a seasonal employee means a lot of things, but it means that you're not limited to a 40-hour work week. So there's a lot of a lot of associates at Kings Island that are putting in 55, 60 hours a week. There's no overtime. It's just that's what you work. Um, so, so a lot of people are working really, really hard. Um, a lot harder than I I work, but uh, they're they're there you know, working double shifts and, and uh, to make sure that uh, you have the best day ever. And they do a hell of a job as far as I'm concerned. So we agree. It goes a long way with them. So how would you compare tricks or treats to like the family friendly portion of haunt that Kings Island's had in years past? Um, I, I thought it was similar. The atmosphere felt uh, similar to me. Although um, the two things that made it uh, better were the games, in my opinion, um, and that was that was uh, that kind of took it to a different level. But I think the food uh, just took it to um, a level that we haven't seen before. And Chef Major, I, I don't know if it was his brainchild or whose brainchild it was, but the tasting events, the different tastings they had, the food. Um, was was probably the highlight of 2020. If you're going to have a highlight for 2020, I would say food in the park uh, was the highlight. And if you missed the food during tricks or treats, you, you missed something special because there were some definitely some neat things going on. The the mummy dog over uh, over by Orion was one of my favorite. Uh, the <laughs> was was spectacular. Um, and it wasn't, you know, I think it was 30 bucks for six tastings. It, it wasn't too terribly expensive. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, every time I would sample something, it would be like, this is at, a, at an amusement park. You know, I'm used to, you know, chicken fingers and fries. And right. Jeff Major is taking it. The, the food, food was definitely the highlight for 2020 and, and for tricks and treats. You know, when you could take something and, um, you know you have all these limitations and I'm sure somebody in the, in the creative department and the creative food department said, wait a minute, we could do this. And I think they pulled it off uh, spectacularly and they've um, you know, knots was copying it up till uh, just this week when they got shut down again with all the California stuff. Um, and I think that that is basically the plan. They're also trying to replicate in uh, Kings Dominion and to a lesser extent Carowinds. So all depends on what the states allow them to do. Say so the Carowinds always was kind of the highlight for food before out of all the Cedar Fair parks. And I think that's kind of changed here in the last year to the chef major coming in. I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. His, he has, he has taken the food to, to a whole nother level and uh, really made uh, what, you know, let's face it was a pretty crappy year into a, a, a pretty, you know, decent year, not a great year. We're hoping 21 is going to be better, but with all the limitations we faced, you know, oh, you're going to wait longer for rides, you know, the shows are going to be limited. 
but we got this food. And that, that <laughs> really helped, at least in my mind, to make, make the season a little bit better. I totally agree. And it was just a little added something and it was good. You know, it it wasn't just like mediocre food. Everything was excellent. You know, as we talked about the chef's plate earlier and, and all, all in all, couldn't complain about the food at all. And you couldn't have said that about Kings Island five years ago, unfortunately, you know, no, Um, it was, you know, you get a bad burger and you get bad fries and, but, and the bad part is you, expected that because well, it's just an amusement park but that's not the case anymore and I, i'm curious to see what they're going to do for next year because i have a feeling they've identified food as an area where um you know that has been improved on and can be further improved on but it's also probably a money maker so uh and that that's very very important exactly well sounds good yeah. I'm ready for 2021 to see what Chef Major's plans oh. are. <laughs> I'm hungry already, so. Yeah. Come on, Chef Major. Pull through for us. Yeah, yeah not, not <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. But yeah. yeah, no pressure. Yeah. You're, you've stepped it up so much. Yeah, and I think he'll do fine. And, you know, I think the real art of, of what he has done is not only he's come up with the ideas, but he's been able to get that, get it reproduced by a, a group of you know hourly employees and they they still make it look good taste good that's the magic and uh that's that's really what uh, i'm impressed with so absolutely he, he's done great all right you got anything okay. else that to add no i i have nothing i'm, I'm just kind of kind of waiting for 21 to come mm-hmm. and you know, wondering what we're gonna what what twenty one's gonna bring to us. So, well, I would say that if you haven't been on kicentral.com and kept up with all the things that have been going on in twenty twenty, join the discussion over on KI Central. If you wanted to look at all the pictures we took over this twenty twenty season, it was a definitely a short season, but I guarantee there's at least a thousand pictures that I took just this season between all the different rides. Uh, I know there's over 500 just in the Orion um, thread alone uh, gallery. And uh, we got pictures of tricks and treats. If you go to our main website, kicentral.com, click on picks and just type in what you want to search. You can look at everything. If you type in 2020, it's going to show you everything we took in 2020. Uh, We got tags on all the galleries. So you can just go there, type 2020 or Orion. Uh, area 72 it'll show you all the pictures in that area of the park so we've been trying to get everything more organized in our photo gallery too and if you have a few minutes at work and you're waiting on phone calls or the boss disappeared and uh, you want to take a small break head over to the site see what everyone else is saying and check out some of the pictures from 2020 spectacular do you have any final thoughts on the 2020 season well, yeah, uh, it, it was different, uh, but I'm glad it happened. Uh, I told a lot of people that, that 2020 Kings Island, it looks like Kings Island, it feels like Kings Island, but it's not quite Kings Island. And uh, I stand by that statement. It was just different enough that it was, um, you could feel it. But uh, if you looked hard enough, it was still there. And I, I think 
uh, all the ride associates, all the associates in the park tried very, very hard to, to create the Kings Island experience for everybody, even with the limitations that we were presented and, and uh, not to toot our own horn, but, but I think, I think we pulled that off. Um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't the season that we wanted, but it was still a good season and hopefully next year um, we can improve on that and, and things will get better. So a good season. Um, can't wait for next season. As we finish up, we definitely want to reiterate our appreciation to the associates at Kings Island management and everyone providing us with a 2020 season. As you said, others didn't have a season at all. Um, so we at Kings Island central, all the admin really appreciate uh, everything you guys did to make it a successful year. And that concludes episode 11 of the Kings Island Central podcast, 2020 Year in Review, part two. Stay tuned for episode 12 of the Kings Island Central podcast. We've actually already recorded this episode, and I'm sure many of you will enjoy listening to it. As always, if you have any ideas for future podcast episodes, please let us know. Thank you for listening to the Kings Island Central podcast. KICentral.com is Kings Island's ultimate fan site. For more discussion about Kings Island and other amusement parks, join us over at KICentral.com.